This is another episode of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. Your hosts here, both Juan and Vic. What's going on, brother? So good to see you, man, on Zoom right now. I, I know. We're recording uh, from afar today, but still uh, doing it, man. So we're just out here uh, after a long weekend, 4th of July weekend. How was your 4th of July, by the way? It was good, man. Like, obviously, when we go from a year where... You know, where we didn't go out, we didn't do much last year, obviously because yeah. of COVID, to be able to spend time with family, just taking in the sun, you know, barbecuing. Mm. We finally got some good weather on July 4th because it wasn't looking good coming in. Yeah. It was supposed yeah, to rain yeah. every single day, but we got some yeah. we got some good weather, man, on, on Sunday at least. Yeah, definitely uh, started improving as the weekend went on. Uh, like you said, <laughs> I guess that's uh, our weekly weather report. But, yeah, it started like I remember – having a photo shoot on Thursday and having to deal with, you know, with uh, bad weather, with rain and, and having to improvise on that, you know, and Wait, it was outside. So how do, how, how do you like, obviously, cause you don't really things just happen. So how do you like adjust to, to the, to the weather when you're taking pictures? I mean, you really have to uh, think on your feet and like take what's there. So, you know, we were at this uh, this building, The Edge. I don't know if you've heard about it, over by the Hudson Yards, the, the space where it's on the outside and, yep. you know, you can get clear views of the city. So literally when we got there, they were like, yo, first of all, the area is closed. Um, if you want to go up, you can use the, the inside observatory, which has like windows, but whatever. But they're like the visibility is not great. Uh, Wait, it they wasn't. Still, they they had what COVID restrictions? That's why they were closed. No, no, or no. Just... It it was just the weather. So it was oh, because of weather because gotcha, it was raining, gotcha. and then supposedly I think there were uh, thunderstorm uh, warnings. Mm. So they closed it down. So it was an engagement shoot. So I'm like, I oh, tell the couple, like, God. listen, I'm here to provide a service. You guys want to roll with it? We roll with it. You want to reschedule? We reschedule. And, you know, they wanted to go with it. And so once we were there, once they say, you know, we're doing this, then as the photographer, you're like, all right, let's see what we can do. Uh, let's work with what we got and then make the best of it. And so that's exactly what happened. We were, you know, we used the observatory uh, for the most part in the beginning. And so I just played around with lights and like different backgrounds you know, with effects and so on and so forth. And then towards the end, luckily, the rain let up enough where they opened the outside. And so we were able to actually go to the outside and take some pictures in there. The visibility wasn't that great, but again, you make the best of it. And I think that's what happens in those situations. You got to improvise and hope that, you know, you've done it enough where you can find the little things to make take good pictures. So far, the clients, you know, the couple that I took the picture of, the, uh, of they're happy, which makes me happy, you yeah. know, that they, they like the results. And so that's kind of like what you had to do, man. Like, you just roll with it. You got to think quick. That's why I asked. I'm like, because there's nothing you can really do, especially yeah. if they say, like, yo, I want to I want to still do it. Like, yeah, you're a photographer, you have to you have to. Do yeah, it. that's exactly it. Like I was part of me was like because you go in, especially as a photographer, you you know, you take sun, you know, shade and all these things into consideration. And so when the weather changes up, like you can't control that. And so, but you, why you want to have the ideal conditions, like you said, once the client says we are rolling with this, then it's like, I, right, how do I make this experience 
worth their while and produce good images. And so you really have to think on your feet. And so that's kind of what I did. I was, uh, you know, even on the way over there, I was already like improvising in my head, like, okay, if this, if the rain doesn't work out, then we can do this, we can do that. And so you kind of have to go through all of those thoughts in your head and just hope for the best, trust on your skills and hope for the best. And luckily we were able to, you know, get the shots in there and, you know, do good. And then obviously on the 4th of July, we, um, this year, I know that the city, New York City kind of did, went back to their original ways of doing things out in the East River. But luckily from where, you know, my my fiance and I live, we had, they did a little bit of a show, a fireworks show over the Empire State Building. So you had a lot of people and we got a glimpse of what was happening on the East River from our side. Yeah. And so I was able to get some pictures there as well that I really, really loved. And so all in all, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty chill. But at least photography wise, it was a great weekend because I was able to get both a photo shoot in and also take some like personal just for fun pictures as well. If you haven't checked out his pictures, check out Lost in the NYC. Um, I, I, you, you're a smart man by, you know, putting your logo in the bottom right. Cause I, if it were me, I would have taken those pictures as if they were <laughs> hence, mine. <laughs> hence, hence why photographers do that. You know, like in the end you kind of like, you know, it's whatever, yeah. um, people can find the ways or whatnot, but yeah, that's what we do to at least like give some semblance of the work and dedication that goes into one of those, each one of those pictures. But I appreciate uh, your honesty, but I also appreciate <laughs> the plug. So, yeah, Let's check go. check out the page if you want to see some some pretty cool images here and there. You no, know, but we we were able to at least do something for for July Fourth, and it, it was yeah. it was pretty cool. Had a good time. Had a good time. Yeah, it's a, like you said, if, especially considering where we were a year ago, with you know with the pandemic, it's it was good to kind of feel you know, some semblance of normalcy. So, you know, all, all in all, it was a good weekend. But uh, I, what do we say we get into this episode? Because we, we, we got a few it. things to to talk about. Definitely talking basketball tonight. The NBA finals are going to begin. So we're going to break that down. But as we do every week, we want to start off with a few things that kind of caught our attention. You know, and the first one that I want to ask you about in the, you know, our few things segment is did you if you happen to hear about the update from the story we talked about last week when it uh, comes to the Tour de France? Yeah. So for anybody who isn't aware or is listening to this for the first time, there was a lady put a sign in the middle of the race or as the race was about to begin, uh, caused a crash where I don't even know how many riders like just fell over or whatnot. And ever since then, you know, she's been a fugitive, like legit fugitive as uh, officials were looking to find her. And I happened to hear that last Friday, I think Thursday or Friday of last week, uh, she was actually caught. She was arrested and um, and she was charged Um, a, a few things like. No, nothing like crazy charges because at the end of the I day, it's not I like, didn't really understand like what they were like. Not that I understand, but I didn't know these things actually exist. Like they were so long. Go ahead and read yeah. the charges. Re- read the charges. Oh no, no, I'll, I'll let you do that. Oh, okay, like you said, I didn't even write all of them down. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So the first charge, uh, uh, first of all, they they released her from custody. 
Yeah. After they had brought her in. She was actually caught on Wednesday, which was three days oh, okay. after the incident. So Got the it. first charge, listen to this, endangering others through a uh, through a manifestly deliberate violation of a duty of prudence of or safety. That's one. The second yeah. one is involuntar- involuntarily causing injuries that lead to an inability to work for up to three months. Like, what? So, like, yeah. I, I didn't quite understand. Like, I, I didn't quite think these things were, like, legit charges, but they apparently are. So she she can be fined up to 1,500 euros. I don't know how you translate that into dollars. I've never. That's probably close to around $2,000 or something like that because so I think the euros are still a little, it's worth more than the U.S. dollar. So as that might not, you know, seem too harsh, she can still face, according to what I read in the article, she can still face further action from the other individuals or groups. There are some who opted not to charge her, but um or sue her but there are others that are still remaining that are thinking about so i would definitely sue her bro (laughs) i mean listen (laughs) i don't mind that action because you're absolutely right especially if you were one of those riders in the beginning if you were somebody who got hurt like that is a legitimate claim you know i know that there's a lot of humor in this because of the crash and just how it all went down but if you are a writer and this is how you earn your living. Yep. And somebody, you know, disrupted that because of their actions. Hey, then you can try to make them liable for it. The part that kind of stood out to me over the weekend, as far as the updates, because then you, you mentioned her being released. I heard that she, or oh, I read that she has to go back to court like in October or something yeah. like that of this year. Yep. But here's where like people lose me. And this is so indicative of where we are as a society is I kept hearing all the like crazy messages that people were like, you know, trying to send her or were speaking about her like acts of like violence and all that stuff. And it's like, come on, man. Like this is where as a society we have to like, come on. Like at the end of the day, she didn't murder anyone. She didn't like do this physical crime. It was at at best stupidity because it's not even yeah. like you can see in her option like she was dubious like yo i'm out here trying to wreck this this race and so for people to take it to these extremes which is is tends to be the case ha- that happens now and i know like 99 percent of it is just you know the twitter fingers the people online the online you know gangsters that just want to send out messages but even if 99 percent of those aren't going to lead into anything those 99% are necessary. Yep. So like, stop, like, come on, let's keep some perspective of what actually happened here. And so for her to like, you know, get those kind of things, people, people just be doing too and much. And just let the, let the process play out. Let right. it play out. Whatever it is that's going to happen, you know, she is going to get charged. You don't know if anybody else is going to come forward, especially those who were, you know, affected by, by, by her decision and her actions. Um, let the process play out. Right. And we'll and see from there. Like, yeah, it's not like you were de- like, I think the only one percent that has a legitimate gripe with her um, is the people that were betting money and they have money on some some one of these racers. And, you know, now the guy that they were betting on, you know, like lost or something like that. But even then, like, yo, th- that's why it's called gambling. Well, you took a chance. It didn't work out. So. 
Calm down. Them and the ones who were actually racing and got and were affected well, by her decision. <laughs> no, no, no. Those people I kind of put on, on oh, a separate okay, okay. play yeah, because, yeah. like I said, they have a legitimate gripe because their work yeah, is yep. being affected. But I'm talking about, like, the people that are going online and saying all these type of things is like, stop. Like, come on now. I'm, like, I'm, here, to ba- I'm here to back you up, brother. I'm here to back yeah, you up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just come on. Stop. Like you said, let the play the process play out. Uh, the other thing that kind of caught my attention, and I think you uh, probably heard about it because it was all over the news. And it was, you know, American Sprinter. Her name is, I want to make sure I get it right, Shakari Richardson. Yeah. Who was banned or it's going to be banned from running in the Olympics, even though she is one of the fastest women in the world and was, you know, people expected her to do really, really good at the Olympics. And so she was banned for smoking weed uh which is a rule apparently that's you know there the as the reports came out that she was smoking because as a coping mechanism because she lost her mom you know and athletes all over the world uh came out mostly just to support her and you know and things like that and so i kind of want to get your impressions on it like what did you think because i have an opinion but yeah i want to hear your thoughts it's obviously something that you know that I wouldn't do because I, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I don't smoke weed. Yeah. Um, but like what, what's like interesting about this story is how she found out that her biological mother died, which mm-hmm. is, you know, can kind of, you can add to like, you know, the coping mechanism and why she did this in the first place. But she found out because actually, let me see, I have it right here. Um, A reporter brought it up during an interview. Yeah, like that's how she found out that her mother passed away, which, you know, shame on that reporter for yeah. for doing that. Um, while obviously, like you don't know if she knows that this happened, right? So right. if you're getting your intel, you got that like recently before asking her that question. She so you don't know if she knew about this stuff, and for you to bring this up, um, kind of like you know surprising her in that way. Shame on that reporter for doing that. So, but still, like, I'm kind of like bittersweet about the situation because I understand why she was suspended. She, she broke the rules, man. And I get it, you know, and I'm not saying like, you know, she's, uh, she's stupid or whatever for, for doing, I'm not going to say that because everyone copes with, with a loss in a different way, you know? Yeah. So she wanted to deal with it in this way and. But it's, it was gonna, it was gonna cost her eventually, because she she broke the rule. Um, what I don't understand about this is they did say it was for a month, so she she will be um eligible if the if they allow for her to to come back to race in the four by one hundred meter relay, which mm-hmm. takes place later later in the games. Um, you know if 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 you're gonna suspend her, I would say just suspend her for the whole thing because. You know, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, it's it's part of a situation that kind of displays structural, um, I want to say, lack of evolution for life. I know that that sounded a little long winded, <laughs> but um, no, it's true because it speaks to me when I saw this situation. I think it's one of those things where two where two things can be right at the same time. Yeah. I think that they are enforcing a rule that is there 
but and which is true. And then the other truth is it's a rule that probably needs to be reevaluated and perhaps changed. Yep. Because kind of like you, I am not a weed smoker. As a matter of fact, I, I don't care for the smell, period. Um, it's something that when I'm outside or when I'm with my fiance, it's something that I don't like nothing. I think most people, unless you're a weed smoker yourself, you don't, you don't like it, but it's one thing for you to not like it. And then a situation like this. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, I think this is the step forward into progress in which this rule will potentially be changed. And I think that it should. And this is the only reason why, again, saying it from the perspective of not a, uh, not in favor or not like like the, the idea of smoking weed. But I do find it odd that the thing that comes from the earth that is natural is the things that is the thing that people get penalized for and the ones that rules are written about. But yet the pills that um, will cure one thing while messing up 10 things inside you, those things are OK. You know, it's like. It's okay for her, I mean, excuse me, it's not okay for her to go, let's say, and smoke weed to deal with this situation. We hear in the NFL how players say that smoking weed helps them deal with the pain better than the opioids and the the pills that the team doctors want to give them. But yet, had she gone and taken some antidepressant that could have had God knows whatever side effects, that wouldn't cost her anything. And so that's where I'm like, no, there's something wrong here. And so it sucks that she's going to be one of those people in history, potentially, that's going to be the sacrifice in order for progress to be made. Yeah. But I think that in the end, if we get to that point, then in some way it'll be worth it because it's like it's one thing to judge, again, weed from a moral perspective, from a preference perspective. But when it comes to the medicinal side of it, that's some that's where we kind of have to like, OK, just like, you know, with COVID or anything else, what does the science say? Because I do know that like cancer patients and and other people do and people who struggle with getting appetite, they get prescribed medicine. So there is some some medicinal point of it. So it's like it's a teetering. teetering it's like a scale that's not really evenly balanced. So. I think in the in the long run, that's what I hope is that this rule gets revisited. And if it, they are going to keep banning it, great. But then ban some of the some of these other pills and stuff that are doing more harm to people than good in the long run. I think what matters most right now is obviously it sucks that she won't be able to partake in something that she's prepped for and something that I'm sure she has a, a, a passion for. Um, yeah. But, you know, prayers out to her um absolutely she she lost her mom and it, it's it's something that I, I don't know what it feels like um i won't yeah. even pretend to know what it's what it feels like um no. so i don't know how i would deal with it um so i, I i'm gonna be the last person i think we're both on the same page here um, to, to criticize her for doing this no prayers out to her uh, uh you know hopefully she she can overcome this and, and get back on her feet and get back to what she loves doing yeah and absolutely. what she's great at I think you said it perfectly. I think that that is what matters most. So I won't even say much on it. And so, yeah, everything you said, prayers to her. And hopefully, you know, she 
you know, can find the strength through family, through faith, whatever it is that she goes to. And yeah, and then in the long run, she's better off whether or not she ever runs again, that she's better off as an individual because the rest of the stuff is secondary. I think you perfectly nailed it. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we're going to keep it going or I guess start on our first topic, our main topic of the day. And, you know, there's no real nice way to transition from something like that to now more, I guess, sports around the court. And that's the NBA finals. Um, We're here, you know, after all is said and done, we have two teams now going to start. As a matter of fact, tonight, as we record this episode on a Tuesday, the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks are here. You know, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that this would have been the NBA finals matchup? But here we are. And so I want to get your impression on what you think the, the finals are going to look like. And at the end of it, who you got. So I'm going to do that before I, you know, get all negative and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Which, but yeah, like um, it, it's going to it's going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously, I want Giannis to be healthy in order for, for this to be the finals that we all think it's going to be because um, they both teams have been playing great basketball. Um, they've made it to this point, whether with luck or not, doesn't matter. They've made it to this point. And I want Giannis to be to be able to play in these finals. Right now, he's doubtful for game one. So that most likely means, obviously, that he's not going to play in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, if Giannis isn't 100%, the Phoenix Suns are going to win easily. Because they're on top of them playing great basketball and having the confidence um, now that they've obviously reached the finals. If the other team doesn't have their best player, I don't think on this stage against this team, that works out against the Atlanta Hawks. But against the Phoenix Suns, if you don't have your best player, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, you know, they ain't going to be enough to beat this Phoenix team right now because this Phoenix team is confident, they're healthy, they have all their players, and you're just not going to beat a team like that. So that's the first thing I'm hoping. Giannis is, you know, comes back healthy and is able to compete at a high level against the Phoenix Suns. So that's where my prediction lies right now. It's it's sort of shady or, or gray area right now mm-hmm. because I just don't know if Giannis is coming back. If Giannis right. doesn't come back 100%, the Phoenix Suns will win. If Giannis okay. is able to somewhat play in that game one and then throughout the, the, the rest of the finals, you know, he stays healthy, I think the Bucks are the better team. Uh, um, from you know, on both sides of the ball, I think the Bucks have the better player. If Giannis again is healthy, in in Giannis, right. I'm not gonna try to pronounce his last name. That's why I'm calling him Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's where my prediction. That's what it's depending on. It's on. It's all on Giannis right now. So I'm gonna get a little negative now. Obviously, Chris Paul, congrats, 16th season, made it to the finals. Um, did obviously did something Steve Nash couldn't do, which you know sucks. Um, (laughs) at 36 year old, at 36 years old, playing at this level, LeBron James ain't the only one playing at a high level at that age. Chris Paul got to give him props. He's doing he's doing the same thing first year with this team. And you know, whether you want to say it's him or Devin Booker, they both guided this team to the NBA finals. Um, but I'm going to get to the negative part and that is, man, they lucky. (laughs) this is this seems like such an off year because if like as you said neither of us thought the phoenix suns were going to make it to the nba finals yeah you said you know they were going to be you know very competitive and and props to you you were um consistent with that 
Um, you know, I, I always thought they were going to be a good team. I called them pretenders, I think, um, mm-hmm. when we did our list or what or whatnot. But man, like you know, they they beat the Lakers the first round without basically without AD. LeBron was a bit hobbled. They beat the Nuggets without their second best player Murray, and then they beat the Clippers without you know Kawhi Leonard. It's like, yo, like how many breaks? And now we don't know about Giannis now. <laughs> like Giannis right. might not be able to play. So it just seems yeah, like yeah. one of those off years, bro, where it isn't necessarily the the best team. It's the healthiest team that's going to win the NBA Finals. That's what it's yeah. looking like right now. What do you think? I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think that that is a... This season has obviously been altered. You know, we can go back to the... You know, what LeBron said a few weeks ago, which we kind of, you know, disagreed with, with when it comes to the injuries. Listen, injuries are part of the game. And I think that you win... Obviously, you have to have enough talent. But I think you also need a little bit of luck. And some yeah. of that luck is not just like shots going in and sometimes the other team not being 100%. And that is, I think, indicative of not just the Phoenix Suns, but even the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think it's, it's it plays to both sides because we know that, or I think it's safe to assume that if James Harden had been just a little healthier... We'd be talking about Brooklyn in the finals right now. Oh, yeah. Now. That, that, that's, uh, I agree with you 100% there. You know what I mean? So I think that that is, I, th- I guess, the overarching theme of this year, get going to all the, you know, how the season has been changed, how the season had to be played pretty much almost back-to-back with, you know, little to no time off for certain players or whatnot. So I think that that is them. And, and so these two teams are very talented, but as, as it regards to the series, you're right. Everything falls on Giannis coming back and how healthy is he, if he comes back. Um, I still picked Phoenix coming into the, to, uh, to, to this playoffs to be a, like, like you mentioned, a contender. I'm still riding with them. I think that even with Giannis, I think they would have won anyway, even with a healthy Giannis, but I would have loved, I would love to see it, I should say. And so my prediction is like, I think they would win in six. Uh, if I think if Giannis doesn't come back or isn't, you know, the player that we know him, then it's going to be even a, even a quicker series, but it comes down to that. It's just like what I would have wanted to see in this series. And we talked about it last week is, we have found two teams that had found their identity. Yeah. And so really what it was going to come down to is whose identity would have been stronger, like whose way of playing would have been stronger, would have been, you know, the team ball that's happening in Phoenix with Chris Paul, you know, being that leader. And, but, you know, Chris, uh, Devin Booker, excuse me, you know, playing lights out. You have Aiden coming up and doing his thing and then the, the role players or would have been, you know, Milwaukee with Giannis kind of like tearing it up through the first three quarters. And then would Middleton be able to step up and be the closer, you know, as as Giannis called them last week. So I that's what I would want to see. I hope that we get something like that. But yeah, in my in my end, I, I still would ride with Phoenix because I just think that their team, while Milwaukee Oh, man, like I think Phoenix is the deeper team. I think that they have these guys that are spark plugs. And while Milwaukee has the best overall player in Giannis, 
I think once you go beyond that, I, I really like the Phoenix cast better than I do Milwaukee. So I think I would have picked them even with a healthy Giannis, but it would have been a, definitely a closer series if he's if he's healthy. Yeah, Giannis, if he's healthy, he's going to have to impose himself the way that you know, all the greats have done. We, 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 we've looked at the history of basketball, you know, you know, Michael Jordan faced teams that were more talented than his, but right. he imposed his will. He, he said, I'm the best player here and I'm going to lead this team to championships. If, if Giannis can do that, um, you know, impose his will average 38, 39, 15 boards, nine, I I know it's crazy stats, but if he can right. do something like that, I, and, and then obviously Chris Middleton, which we talked about, if Chris Middleton continues to play, the way he's been playing, where he's the closer and he knows it, Giannis knows it, and Brook Lopez is playing the, you know, like he's back in the in the Nets all over again, the Brooklyn Nets, then it's gonna be a difficult, a, a difficult, uh, you know, thing to do to beat that team. But it, you know, Phoenix is playing very good right now. You got to give them credit. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a good series, at least for for what we for you know for what we have right now. So many injuries, but we're still gonna get a good series. Um, again, my prediction all depends on on Giannis. I know you're picking Phoenix. I'm gonna say something though. I want to hear what you think about this. Okay. I put this down in my notes. I put um obviously you know Chris Paul reached the NBA Finals you know for the first time at age 36 years old. I'm I'm a little bit um being a little petty about that because again Steve Nash. Um, but I, I I wrote this question down and I wrote down is he getting too much credit for you know I guess taking them or leading the Phoenix Suns to the NBA finals. What do you think about that? No, I, 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 I don't think so. And because here's the thing about players, like, like, I think Chris Paul up until this year, you know, we talked about it a little bit with Paul George last week, Carmelo Anthony's another one, you know, in, uh, in, in TNT's NBA uh, inside the NBA, Charles Barkley's another one that gets kind of those things where yeah, it's like, if you didn't reach, a certain milestone, whether it's you didn't make it to the finals or you never, you never won. First is you never won a championship. Then it's you never made the finals. And then it's like you never made it past a certain round or whatever. Yeah. We kind of tend to like hold these guys as like below them. Like yeah. Charles Barkley is a Hall of Famer. Oh, he's I know that you like to, you know, clown on Carmelo because of our friend Anthony. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is Carmelo Anthony is also a Hall yeah, of Fame, yeah. arguably, at least in this generation, one of the greatest scorers. Um, you know, you could put him at, what, at least top 10, top 15, as far as scoring, not best players yeah, overall, because yeah. we know his defense is, hasn't always been great. And Chris Paul, you know, people, just depending on where you fall on the argument, is arguably a top 10, top 15 point guard of all time. He's definitely top but 10. You know, but the thing, the reason why I say that he isn't getting enough credit is because while he may not have made the finals up until now, like you said, age 36, this is what season you said he uh, was? 15th, I think. 15th season. Yeah. The one thing that you, that nobody can argue is that in every single team, every single stop that Chris Paul has made as a player, that team has become better. That team has become better than they were the year before he got there. It was obviously true in in with the Hornets. Uh, it was obviously true in the Clippers. Yeah, can't forget that. Um, he went to OKC, made them better. Uh, he went to uh, Houston, 
they didn't make the finals, no, one but game, one hey. game, one game away. Right. And so now it's you hear you mentioned it earlier. First year in Phoenix, you know, yeah, there's some maturing process that happened with Devin Booker, obviously with DeAndre Ayton. They have a great coach in, in Monty Williams, but you can argue that a yes, he's not the only piece, but for the most part, he is that one factor that wasn't there in previous yeah, years. Absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? We knew Devin Booker was a dog years ago. We knew DeAndre Ayton was a guy that can, like, put up some numbers. But Chris Paul, I think, has brought that leadership. And not only has he proven it again in every stop that he's made, but if you listen to the interviews, and some of it could be just, you know, teams hyping each other up or whatever. But the consistent message that I've heard from the other players in Phoenix is praising Chris Paul and the difference that he's made, his veteran leadership. So I think that... Yeah, he deserves all the credit because he's been doing it. It's just that it's a team game. And unfortunately, other things around them, whether it's players not living up to their potential or just simply facing better teams. Yeah. He had just never been able to get to this point in his career and he's doing it. I never bought into the whole thing that, you know, that he that he was a playoff choker because he, you know, he was blowing these three one leads or whatnot. You know, it wasn't wasn't all on him. You know, yeah. it's more of a of a team thing, you know, and I never never really bought into any of that stuff. He's a great leader. He's one of the last point guards we have, these original point guards that still plays in the pick and roll, pass first, right. and still score basically from anywhere. So but I was asking the question more specifically on, on the last series when they played against the Clippers. Um because obviously, you know, they were obviously all these sports shows talking about that and, and and saying that the reason why they beat the Clippers was because of Chris Paul. I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't play in the first two games, the first two wins, sorry. And then mm-hmm. he didn't play in the third win. He didn't play well. And he obviously dropped 41 in that last, in that last, I think it was 41 points, right? Yeah. 41 yeah. points in that last, in that last win. That's where I was, uh, my, my question was geared towards, because obviously everything you said is right on point. Everywhere this guy has gone, they've become a better team. Obviously, I right. won't even list the teams because you already did that. They become a better team everywhere. And even in this team, when you think of a Devin Booker, he's a dog. He was going to be Devin Booker no matter what. But right. guys like DeAndre Ayton, who when you look at basketball, history of basketball, it's always been the big man needs a, a setter, needs a point guard who can set him up. Whether you're yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you need an Oscar Robinson and Magic Johnson. Whether you're Shaq, Penny Hardaway wasn't good enough, you need a Kobe Bryant. You know, exactly. and DeAndre needed Ayton. Dwayne Wade exactly. later needed, in, my, in needed, Miami. Exactly. You needed guards that were up to par with you. I think DeAndre Ayton got that in Chris Paul, who's, again, one of the last pass-first point guards that we have in the league. So, yeah. I mean, props to him, bro. It took him 16 years, but he got there. Um, I'm not, obviously, picking them to win, but, you know, if if he does, that that's great for him. It's going to be It's going to be really good for his career. So now the, the matchups are set for the NBA Finals, but I wanted to take a moment for us to discuss like the two teams that didn't make the playoffs because just as surprised as we were that, you know, Phoenix and Milwaukee ended up being the last two teams, I think with the Clippers somewhat, we kind of, some people predicted them to win the, to win it all, but given everything that happened and the way that they played in the season, I know I was surprised that both the Clippers and the Hawks making it as far as as far as they did. And so moving forward, I wanted to ask you 
who do you think has the best opportunity to repeat their, you know, performance of this season and make another deep run into into the playoffs moving forward? So I think this for the Clippers, I'll start off with them. I think with them, it, it all depends on Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. You know, if Kawhi Leonard, you know, if he wants to come back and run it back again, because you're going to have a team, I'm just going to say one team, in the Miami Heat, who, you know, they've been very clear on what they want, and it's Kawhi Leonard. They're going to be interested in him. Priority's going to go after him. They, they're they going to have the cap space. They have a really good team, and just dropping Kawhi Leonard on there um, immediately makes them, you know, title contenders. So it all depends on Kawhi Leonard, on his choice on whether or not he wants to come back. Obviously, you know how he is. He's very quiet. I do think that he'll stay in, in L.A. because that's his home. That's where he wants to stay. Um, so for with the Clippers, it all depends on him. If Kawhi Leonard comes back, I think their chances of getting back to this point are better than the Atlanta Hawks. Because the Atlanta Hawks, okay. for me, moving on to them, I think they just benefited from seeding. And they benefited from being in the Eastern Conference. Because the seedings this year, the way it worked out, they got the New York Knicks in the first round, which is like New York Knicks. I mean, you know. The New York they're Knicks, up and bro. coming. Yeah, exactly. But they're but still, they're still not there. You know, they don't have that superstar player like right. the Atlanta Hawks apparently have in Trey Young. And then they faced a team that just mentally they're just they're not there. We don't know if they're gonna get there with Ben Simmons and the Sixers. They faced right. off against them. So I just think that when you look at it, um, when you look at what they have right now, and hopefully, you know, the Clippers are able to to retain Kawhi Leonard. I think when you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you're always going to have a better chance of of getting to that point in the Western Conference or maybe getting to a point where deeper. Because remember, the Clippers also lost Serge Ibaka, which was a very important piece to their success. And they right. also lost their one big guy in, in Zubak. That's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they lost their one big guy. So they were dealing with injuries. If they have all their guys, they have the better player. I think they're more destined to make it deeper moving forward what about you okay. what do you think um i agree with you but you, I, for completely different reasons okay so i'm going to start with atlanta i yeah. think the the reason that it's going to be tougher for atlanta is because i think once you get into the playoffs i think the east is actually a tougher gauntlet to go through than the west i think that you know traditionally speaking the West, you need a better record in order just to get to the playoffs. But I think in the East, those teams at the top right now are going to be harder for Atlanta to to beat as presently constructed. You have, Agree with we you. all know, Brooklyn, if they're healthy, that's the number one team that anybody's going to pick. Um, you have, who else did I write down? You have the Bucks are in the finals. You know, they couldn't beat them this year. You mentioned Miami, and they're even without Kawhi. They're a team that, you know, they need to do some adjusting. But if they do it, who's to say that they can repeat the performance from last season and make it to the NBA Finals? Philly obviously has some some stuff to to work out. But in the when it comes to Atlanta, the reason aside from that top tier of the Eastern Conference being tougher, in my opinion, yeah. I also think it's going to be tougher for them to bring somebody to, to come into to Atlanta is can they lure a free agent? Like when was the last free agent that decided to go to Atlanta, you know, to play for the Hawks? I know that right now they have Trey Young. So he may be somebody who, 
people people want to play with. But then it's who who's going to go and leave whatever situation they have right now and go to Atlanta and no shade to Atlanta. Atlanta Braves fan here. But when it comes to basketball, it's like, can they get somebody? So so for me, it's going it's going to be tougher for them. For the Clippers, I do think it's going to be the easier path, obviously. But I don't think it's for Kawhi Leonard. I think if anything else, they may need to try to move on from Kawhi Leonard. Mm, like, interesting. In my own, yeah, like listen, listen. Um, and I want to keep it keep it a hundred. This is not <laughs> because I'm still jaded about what happened with San Antonio and the way that he left or forced his way out of San nice Antonio. Nice save, nice save. Right. <laughs> but while I may no longer, you know, feel any type of way about yeah. him, it is an indicator of a pattern that you have mentioned in previous episodes where it's like Kawhi is showing that he's about Kawhi first and then everything else second, whether it's with his load management, um, you know, with his agenda, whatever it is. And so the question is, can you, as he gets older, really rely on Kawhi Leonard to be your number one guy? Can you rely on him to be there throughout the season? Can you rely on him to give you the effort? Because they were like, what, a few shots away from being eliminated by Dallas? And so, like, can you really count on him to do that? Whereas Paul George, in my opinion, his stock has never been higher than it was maybe when going back to Indiana. Because he they lost, but I think he won even in the loss. Because, oh, yeah. like, because his narrative, you know, of, you know, the choker and all that other stuff started to change because people saw that. When Kawhi was out and he needed to ball, he balled. He, balled, he just yeah. didn't have enough behind him. And so if the Clippers look at that situation and say, you know what? Let's let's retool. Instead of like building a wa- around Kawhi, let's build around Paul and let's see what we can bring in. Because that is another benefit that they have over Atlanta is that, yeah, people are going to co- want to come to L.A. You know, I know it's the Clippers, but people will still want to come to L.A. And so can they decide, you know what? And I think it's a legitimate point. And I know Kawhi at at his best is arguably a top five player. But when was the last time we saw him at his best? Like consistently saw him at his best. Toronto, maybe. And so it's like. But even in that year, you know, he locked out, played a Warriors team without KD, without Clay. Right. And so that's what I'm saying in in regards to whereas George, you see that maybe when he needs to be that number one guy like he was back in Indiana, yo, homie can come through and all he probably needed was a little bit of support. Somebody to come in and be his one B instead of and let him be the one A. And so I think it's worth the Clippers considering moving on from Kawhi and because you don't know with him. You don't know his, again, his effort. You don't know his level of commitment. Um, Is he a guy that's going to go out there and try to play through pain? Or is he just going to be the guy who's like, yo, I don't feel 100%, so I'm going to just go sit out and whatever. And so if you're trying to stay competitive in that Western Conference and with all these teams or whatever, I think that they can move. Yo, Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. Yeah, or at least that's what we think happens. There's a few other guys that they can go out there and get and put next to Paul George that could be a, a second scorer on that team. And with those surrounding pieces, Ty Lue, we, we can 
say it with confidence, is a great coach oh, yeah. to make yeah. adjustments and so on and so forth. So they're not that far off if they just get a player that can be committed. And and I think that it's worth exploring, just moving on from I him. think it's a fair point, you know, I, and, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to call myself out because, you know, we've always propped up or, 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 or boosted Kawhi Leonard, you know, as one of the best players in basketball, which he is. Um, and we've talked about his, his performance when he was back in Toronto or back with the Spurs. But there, there has to be, we always say this, there has to be context. When he won that title, that finals MVP, I think he averaged like, what, 14 points? Something he was the, like that. He was the fourth best player in that team. He's a young Kawhi Leonard. And he won the MVP, what, because he stopped LeBron. He was, he, it was his defensive effort. Yeah, it was effort, his defensive yeah. effort. But, you know, he wasn't a great player. In that, in that, at least in that year in San Antonio, that was, that was like when Iguodala won the yeah. MVP for Thank for uh, for um for the Warriors. Thank you. Yeah, so, he played great defense, but hell no, he wasn't yeah, the best there, player on that there, team. Not there, even close. Exactly. There has to be context. And even back in 2019, you know, yeah, you he took that team. I think it was their first title, right? They they never they never yeah, won a yeah. title before. Yeah, but I again, don't think they ever made the finals before I, that. Exactly. But again, context. He beat a Warriors team that was without their best player in KD. Yes, KD was their best player. And without Klay Thompson. If Clay, even if Klay Thompson was, was healthy, I think the Warriors would have probably won that series. Yeah. So there has to be context. And, and on top of what you said about him just, you know, worrying about himself. He's always yeah. been dealing with nagging injuries, uh, uh, load managing. And then when it comes to the playoffs, they don't have enough. Uh, uh, they're not together because obviously he doesn't play enough in, in the – the regular season. So if this is a problem that's going to be ongoing, then if you're the Clippers, do you really want to deal with this? Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's a legitimate question that they're yeah, going to have to ask themselves. To add a little bit more context, I'll say uh, this thing. When they won in Toronto, again, we it's easier. We usually pick a narrative, like who we're going to prop, who we're going to bring down. For him, it was propping him because – he was the guy who first year in Toronto came out here, be, you know, was the, the superstar. Whatever. We can't forget Kyle Lowry balled out that year. Oh, yeah. Because he was an, he's one of those other players that people were like, yo, he can never get it done because him and DeRozan can never get past LeBron or whatever, whatever. But he balled out, he balled out. and they had other people. So in how much was it really with him? And so when you again, like you can question skill set. But when you quest, start questioning effort, I think that's a red flag because then you know, like, hey, all the talent in the world doesn't make a difference if you ain't if you ain't in it, you know. Which strikes me honestly, and I, and I'll toss it back to you on this, which strikes me a little bit odd that Miami of all teams is interested in Kawhi because they're known for their culture. So unless they, you know, about work hard and all of this and and, and all this and that or whatever. And so for me, it's like, unless they believe so much in this culture that they think like, yeah, we can bring anyone in yeah. and make, make them fit our agenda. I don't really see that as like the best spot for him to land. Like I, I I'm baffled that they want to go after him, but yeah, like I'll, I'll toss it back to you on that. Yeah, I think if I were the Clippers, I would look to like, to move on. It's going to be, you know, it's, that's a, that's a, that's definitely a hot take. <laughs> um, yeah. but it, you know you have valid points bro he he's shown so far throughout his career that um you know and he's not wrong for it if he wants to protect his health that's on him that's his choice 
But right. is that in the best interest of the team he's playing for is the question. And it might it might not be because look at these last two years. Last year they didn't have too, they didn't have connection between him and Paul George. They ended up choking it up. And then yep. this year, again, they load managed a whole bunch. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he suffered the injury that he suffered. But injuries are going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Injuries are, are going to happen no matter if you take care of your body or you're a LeBron James and you spend 1.5, 1.0, whatever, 2.0, whatever million on your body. Yeah. Injuries are going to happen because that's a part of the sports. And that's a legitimate question they're going to have to ask themselves. Let's move on to our third topic. And this one, man, I'm so glad you brought this. Because mm-hmm. this is this is something we've ta- we've touched on. I don't know if anybody else has done so, but I know we've touched on this and our desire for a- uh, college athletes to you know to get paid, to get compensated for for what they're putting out there on the field. So, according to you know some of the articles I've read, current athletes, the NCAA, state legislators, and members of Congress have all proposed rules that would provide athletes with varying degrees of new protections and opportunities to make money by selling the name, image, and likeness, which is NIL um, rights, while playing in college. So I want to get your thoughts. If you want to dive a little bit more into what this all is and what it means, what are your thoughts on the new NIL rule in college sports? So I'll start with this. I'll start on the theoretical level um, because you know how I feel about this <laughs> this, this oh, yeah, topic. Yeah. And, you know... To me, when I heard this, it it speaks to the people. And we've had conversations, you know, between friends and stuff. When people say that big structures can't change because they're too big and they're too rooted in doing things a certain way that it can't be changed. And I've always fought and said, no, they can't change. It'll take time. Maybe sometimes we won't get to see it, but they can change. And I think this is a moment, at least for now, that speaks to the possibility, not, excuse me, to change and the possibility of what's to come. And so to give it context, like you mentioned, it's pretty kind of straightforward in that players can benefit. They can, you know, sell their own merchandise. They can uh, sell their autograph. They can make guest appearances. They can make money from their social media posts. They can get sponsored by like different, you know, companies and so on and so forth while being able to stay um, amateurs, which has never been the case. But it's a, like I said, it's a step in the right direction because now they can start making some of the money off of their talent, off of who they are and not all of the money going to the universities, the athletic directors, the coaches, the coordinators, and all these stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. And so to me, this speaks of, I think about when I hear this rule, I think about somebody like Ed O'Bannon. I don't know if you remember him, a basketball player who, who basically, if I remember my history correct, is the reason why, why sports video games disappeared like college sports yeah. video games, because he was like, yo, what do you mean? You're that's me on the game and I can't make money. I think of somebody like Reggie Bush, um, you know, and who else? The, the fat five from all the way back yep. in, um, in, in Michigan, yep. like all of these Maurice Claret, all of these athletes who should have been making money 
off of who they are and what they possess because that is the that's the society we live in. Like as a teenager, you can go out and make money for yourself. And you're telling me that these people doing this thing better than the average person, billions of dollars are being moved around and they couldn't make a dime. Otherwise, they were deemed ineligible. And so for me, again, those players, we talked about maybe a, a, a month or two ago, the professional collegiate league that's yep, starting yep. up, the G League, all of these things that sparked enough of a, let's say, of a match under the fire of the ass that is the NCAA. We're like, yo, we got to do something or we going to lose out. And this is a start. Is it the fix? Absolutely not, because I think that the fix is going to be these people either getting complete scholarships for their time in college or being paid an hourly rate for being a part, for giving their services to these universities. Where it's like, okay, you say that you don't have enough money to pay for everybody. Okay, so then pay for their education. Yeah. Give them free education because that's something that we tend to forget that all of these athletes are not on full scholarships. That's Some true. of them still have to pay money out of their pocket while doing something that's giving money back to the institution that says that they don't have money to give them. And so... Again, I'm so happy when I read this because, again, it's not the fix, but it's a start where guys can, guys, women, everybody. Yes, is it unilateral in the sense that the top people are going to be the ones that make their money, the most money, you know, the starting quarterbacks, the star athlete, uh, basketball player, whatever, whatever. Fine. But that it's indicative of where we are as a capitalist society where like, hey, If you work as a software engineer, you're going to make more money than the guy who's, let's say, you know, cleaning the building where the software is being developed. That's fine. But at least you can go out there and make your money bank on who you are. And that's a hell of a start. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're doing this. I, I hope that they could, I hope they don't settle for this. I don't ho I hope that they don't settle like, oh, okay, this is good enough. No, keep pushing for what the goal is, is either get full scholarships for all the years that you're in college or to get paid a decent hourly wage indicative of the money that your university is making. As you said, I don't think it'll stay. I don't, I don't think it'll stay there because of everything else that's been coming up. We talked about a couple months ago, I think it was a couple months ago, about the PCL League, which you just yeah. mentioned, and, and how... You know they're they're offering all these these opportunities for for these college students or college players right now, but at first I thought that was their 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 driving force. But as you said, this is something that's been in the works for for quite a while now, which is pretty interesting. It's been in the works since 2019. So they've been talking about this. At this point, they have there are 27 states that have the NIL laws already in place. Um, I won't go through them, but there's 27 right now. And I and and what's interesting. And you want to give them credit for this because we we harp on them a lot. The NCAA is actually making an effort now. Again, I don't know if they're doing it more now because of the pressure that's being applied with with I all these so. different avenues. Which, if it is, you know, it is. Yeah. But the point is, as long as it's working and they're yeah. getting it done, cool. But you know, also giving them credit for actually, you know, continuing to push forward with this. You know, asking they're they're asking Congress for help. 
um to 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 sign these laws to to activate these laws or whatever it is um so credit to them but this is this is great for college sports bro because it's about time as you said and you've always wow. talked about this and you've always taken it personal i know but it's about I, I'm gonna time. be petty. I, I'm gonna be petty. I ain't giving the NCAA <laughs> cool. a That's damn cool. worth of credit. <laughs> no, you you know what I mean. Like it sounds funny, but it's like, man, when you arrive at a decision just because like you're seeing the fire. Because to me, this is again, they're doing the base minimum, which is hey, go out there and make money if you can make money. You know, like right now, if you are. I don't know, like, let's say the, the, the roarer, like if your team has a role program, ain't nobody out there trying to give you money. You know what I mean? If you are, unless, I mean, I know lacrosse is coming up as a sport in collegiate sports, but how much money is a lacrosse player going to be making as opposed to like the starting quarterback for Alabama or Clemson or any of these schools. So it's, it's the base minimum after seeing the pressure and that's why i don't want to give him i don't want to give him any credit at all well to honestly. give to give you credit um it says here on september 30th 2019 california passed a legislation introduced by senator nancy skinner that will starting in 2023 prohibit schools from punishing athletes who accept endorsement money um while in college so this was actually something that it wasn't even them it was actually something yeah. that a governor uh, uh, um, came up with and 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 brought this up to to Congress. So to yeah, give you and credit, they fought for it. Yeah, yeah. They they've been fighting. Not only have the people been fighting for this progress, but every step of the t- at every step of the of the the turn or every step of the process, the NCAA has been fighting against it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't want to give them any yeah, credit yeah. because this ruling or this rule is a direct result of them losing a case in the Supreme Court like two weeks ago. Oh, there it is. There it is. Where the Supreme Court was like, nah, you can't keep like just making, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's like you can't keep just making the money and calling it amateurism. And so when faced with this decision like that, think about it. These people went to the Supreme Court of the United States trying to keep things the way that they were. And when they saw that, didn't work out. I'm pretty sure that they had this concept of the NIL rule for a while. But to me, this was always going to be the base minimum if they ended up losing every single battle. And that's where we are right now. They lost every turn. They lost at the Supreme Court. So we're like, okay, we're losing. So before we have to lose completely, let's start here and see if this appeases people enough. That's what I'm saying for the athletes not to settle here not to simply say oh you know what we're out here making money especially the guys at the top or the the people at the top who are make who will be banking off of this i hope that they don't forget the little guys or the little people behind them yeah where it's like no we got to keep fighting to get again full scholarship or hourly wages or to be able to accept whatever we can get outside without receiving any sort of violation because i think this is the base minimum after another loss for the ncaa and they i'm i'm pretty sure that they're hoping that this is enough for people to just go away and be happy or whatever but no that's why i say i don't give them any credit because when you do things being forced yeah yep 
then it's like you didn't you you don't really want to be a part of this progress. You're just going along unwillingly because you have no other choice. Well, it is opening not- up Pandora's box because not just for current players, but players of the past. Um, you know, primarily Reggie Bush. There's right. conversation. We get of, his yeah, there's conversation of him being reinstated and getting the Heisman that man he freaking deserved because he is exactly. one of the greatest. He was my favorite college player. Um, he was one of the greatest college players in the history of, of NCAA. Um, and yeah. I think that it's going to open up Pandora's box to maybe other players who were punished and penalized the same way that Reggie Bush was. Yeah, it's listen, I, I know that it sounds like this grand thing, but it is a structure that needs to fall. Yeah, it needs to fall. It needs to be dismantled and be built a better way, because, again, when you are talking about billions of dollars in TV money and endorsements and all of these other things, and you're telling people, aside from we can't pay you, also pay us for your education, an education that most athletes will tell you they can't even really take advantage of because their schedules are overworked. And so it's just fundamentally wrong. And like you said, I hope that this is the beginning of Pandora's box being opening and they being forced, because they're not going to go willingly, being forced to rehash. Man, like I wish that every college athlete had a, another option than the NCAA until the NCAA gets their stuff together. And so I, I, I love it. I see this as like a, a small victory, but a victory nonetheless of something that just needs to be improved and a system that needs to crumble. Yeah, that's true. So props to the players for, and everybody, everybody that fought for this. And again, just keep on fighting, man. Cause it's, we still have a long way to go to get to the right place. But I think that that's going to do it for us uh, today. I hope everyone listening to this episode Got a little bit of something. We we kind of hit <laughs> all all corners as far as conversations are concerned, you know. But we want to say thank you. It's always a pleasure for us to be able to do these episodes, talk, share them with you. So if you're listening on audio, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever stream, streaming platform you listen to, thank you for continuing to listen to us and on social media. All the people that show us love that. You know, like, share our comments on TikTok, um, what is it, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. We're we're all, all over the place. So thank you for sharing our content. Thank you for consuming our content. And as always, be part of the conversation. But that's going to do it for us today. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Mi gente. We out. Peace.